Welcome to this podcast with me, Neil DeCosta, where I'm going to be covering a corporation tax overview. So in this uh, third series, I'm giving you the building blocks of tax that you can use to have a strong foundation for your tax studies. Now, with regard to computing corporation tax for a single company, the company could have trading profits. And I've explained to you how to do your adjustment of profit and capital allowances. But what other income could the company have? Well, the other income the company could have is interest receivable. And in terms of interest, this is referred to as non-trading loan relationship income. And this includes interest such as bank and building society interest receivable. It could include gilts, um, guilt interest receivable. It could also include repayment of tax interest and any uh, loan note interest receivable. So we add up all the interest received by the companies on, a, on an accrual basis. And what we then do is we deduct any interest that's payable. Now, the interesting thing is if a company buys a rental building, the interest on the buy-to-let mortgage for the company is not deducted in computing the rental profits. It's actually deducted in computing the NTLR or non-trading loan relationship income. So we deduct interest on a loan to purchase a rental property. We also deduct a late payment of tax interest. We deduct interest payable uh, to purchase shares or any investments. And the last thing we do is we deduct any non-trading loans written off. This then gives us the figure of our NTLR surplus. And this NTLR surplus is taxable for companies um, as part of their interest receivable. The company could also have rental profits. And when we compute rental profits for a company, we compute it on an accruals basis. So we work out the rental income based on the number of months it was let out to a tenant. Um, so rental income for a company is computed on an accrual basis. Once we've got the rental income, we then deduct any rental expenses the company has incurred, such as irrecoverable debts, any uh, repairs and maintenance the company has carried out, any insurance, um, maintenance, gardening, cleaning, advertising. And in terms of furniture, if the company has replaced any furniture in the rental property, we can also deduct the cost of a replacement furniture. Now, if the company um, has received a lease premium, part of the lease premium is taxable as rental income for the company. And the way we work out the uh, rental income that's taxable from a lease premium is we simply say premium received by the landlord less 2% into duration of the lease minus one multiplied by the premium. So this then um, allows us to work out the normal rental profits that the company has plus the rent in advance element 
of the lease premium. And these two things are added together to work out the taxable property income. Now, if the company has a rental loss, what the company must do is the company must offset the rental loss against its other rental profits. And thereafter, um, any excess rental loss can be offset against the company's total profits in the same year. We then need to find the company's chargeable gains. When we work out the chargeable gains, we work out the capital gain on each chargeable asset separately. And typically, you're likely to find two assets when you're doing corporation tax, buildings and shares. So all we say for a building is sale proceeds, less any selling costs. What we then do is we look at the original cost of the building, inclusive of any uh, legal fees, um, inclusive of any incidental costs of acquisition. Now, thereafter, with buildings, the company might have carried out some uh, enhancement expenditure. And what we mean by enhancement expenditure is capital improvements, such as an extension, and this would be added to the original cost of the building. What the company can then do is the company can then claim indexation allowance. And indexation allowance is compensation for inflation. And the way we work out indexation allowance is by multiplying the relevant indexation factor by the cost. And the indexation factor is computed based on the movement in the retail price index. So typically, you'll be given the indexation factor in the question. Now, companies can only claim indexation allowance up to December 17. So after December 17, there's no indexation allowance available. Once you've computed the gain on each uh, chargeable asset, and like I said, it'll typically be buildings or shares, what you then do is um, you deduct any capital losses brought forward. And this then tells us what the net capital gains are, which will be taxable in this period. If the company has any unused capital losses, so let's say uh, the uh, capital gains have been completely covered by the capital losses and the company has unused capital losses, these unused capital losses are simply carried forward against future gains. So, so far, we've talked about the trading profits, we've talked about the interest income, the property income, and the company's net chargeable gains. All this income is added together to give us a figure called total profits. And once we've got total profits, we then deduct qualifying charitable donations, uh, or QCDs. And with QCDs, all we're doing here is picking up the payments to charities made in the accounting period. After deducting the QCDs, we arrive at an important figure, which is called taxable total profits, or TTP. And with regard to TTP, these are the profits subject to corporation tax. So a company pays corporation tax at 19% on its TTP.
With regard to company dividends, company dividends are tax-free. And the reason they are tax-free from corporation tax is dividends are simply a distribution of post-tax profits. So the idea here is the paying company has already paid corporation tax on its profits. So when the re receiving company gets the dividend, it doesn't have to pay tax again. So what we now do is once we've got the figure of TTP or taxable total profits, what we now do is we add the dividends received to find what's called augmented profits. When you add the dividends uh, to TTP to find augmented profits, we leave out any dividends received from 51% group companies. So if we've received a dividend from a 51% group company, this is an internal cash flow, and this is left out for the purpose of working out augmented profits. Now, the relevance of working out augmented profits is we then compare augmented profits with the threshold. And the threshold is currently 1.5 million. So we're comparing augmented profits with the threshold to find the size of the company. And if augmented profits are greater than the threshold, what happens here is the company is a large company and the company has to pay corporation tax quarterly. On the other hand, if augmented profits are less than the threshold of 1.5 million, the company is not large or a small company. And these uh, smaller companies have to pay tax nine months and one day after the end of the counting period. Large companies only pay tax quarterly if the company was large in the previous period as well. And in terms of large companies, they start making their quarterly installments on the 14th of month seven in the accounting period. So you start making the uh, quarterly installments on the 14th of month seven in the accounting period, and it's then paid uh, every quarter thereafter. In terms of large companies, large companies do not have to pay tax quarterly if the corporation tax liability is small, and small means less than 10,000 pounds, or the company was not large in the previous period and the augmented profits in the current period are less than 10 million pounds. For financial accounts purposes, the company's accounting period can be up to 18 months in length. But in tax, the company's accounting period cannot exceed 12 months. So if you're given a long period of account in the exam, you must split it into two accounting periods for tax purposes. The first period is the first 12 months, and the second period will be the remainder of account. In terms of your adjusted profits, you simply time a portion. With capital allowances, you have to prepare separate capital allowance computations for each accounting period. With regard to interest, um, receivable, um, property income, you simply uh, time a portion because this is allocated on an accruals basis. With regard to chargeable gains, you allocate based on the date of disposal um, for the relevant accounting period. 
And lastly, with qualifying charitable donations or QCDs, you allocate based on the date paid. That'll enable you to find the TTP for each separate accounting period. Finally, when you allocate dividends received to find augmented profits to establish the size of the company for the relevant period, you allocate dividends based on the date received. So um, if the company prepares a long period of account, the company will have two separate dates to pay corporation tax, but will only file a single tax return. This brings us to the end of this uh, Corporation Tax Overview podcast by me, Neil DeCosta. So if any of you are studying um, advanced tax or a high-level tax paper, I recommend you get my advanced tax condensed notes, which uh, use accelerated learning techniques such as diagrams, color, and Neil's top tips. Um, any of you that are doing the lower-level tax paper, I recommend you get the tax condensed uh, memory joggers, which will help you master the vast tax syllabus. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode where I'm going to be dealing with an income tax overview.